Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixers Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas, with Jonathan. And we are so sorry that we've been away for so long, but stuff has come up. And I think Jonathan finally actually beat me in Fantasy Bass. No, wait a second, no, I came back and I beat you, right? Oh my gosh, okay. And that's without okay. Joel. That, that's without Joel, you know, being on my, that's with Joel being on my injured reserve. That's, that's all I'm going to say there. I have everyone in the world hurt. My I, roster is just people out. You know what? Maybe you should have drafted. I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm joking. All right. All right. But we are here to talk about sixes, not just me beating J- Jonathan in fantasy basketball. And we're going to start off with a couple games that have happened before the All-Star break. We are recording during All-Star weekend, su- Sunday night. That's right. The game's going on while we're recording. So we may or may not have a reaction or two. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about some current uh, recent games. Right, Jonathan? Yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and talk about the Sixers' uh, first game that we were covering here, and that's against the Atlanta Hawks. Now, in this game, the Sixers were without a lot of people in this game, and I believe that we lost. So let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's. Yeah. Let's, uh, let me ask you. What was the? You know, the score was, I believe, one twenty-one to one twenty-seven. So, Jonathan, what is what is the good that you took out of this game, despite us losing? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think there's too much good in this game. Uh, as you alluded to, we had a ton of players out, and we know obviously Embiid, but then a ton of other starters. Um, the Hawks were without Dejounte Murray, so we. It's just a game that's tough to lose. I mean, I know we're struggling with who we're putting out on the floor, but uh, the Hawks are not a good team. The good, though, I think we had a strong fourth quarter, plus 11, uh, tried to make a comeback. And on the offensive glass, we had 18. They only had nine. That was a real big game on the offensive glass, specifically from Kelly Oubre and Paul Reed. So love to see that, but uh, don't like an L. So what was your good? I mean, the good is that I think this was the debut game of Buddy Heald and campaign, right? So they both had 20 points. And, uh, I mean – was it the best shooting from Heald? No, but I mean, he—I mean, he's a three-point shooter. He—he he took th- twelve three-pointers, which I think is outside of—I mean, like it was more than half of the starting five's three-pointers, and more than a, a fourth of the team's three-point total three-point attempts. So, like, kudos to him. Campaign came in. He—he he had an okay night. Look, I—I I think Campaign's a good backup, and he can g- get hot occasionally, but you don't want to rely on campaign for like you know a lot of points so yeah it was, it was a good tobias game 21.7 assists six rebounds on 16 shots so that that's good but like just and kelly Oubre, 28 points on 19 shots 12 rebounds like okay cool paul reed had a double double cool but he fouled out as well so not my not my favorite game so what well i mean what's the bad for you here the bad, I mean, we were down, what, 17 points at halftime? That's just like, especially, I think there's, yeah, we were at home. Like, that's just a tough L to come out slow, looking sloppy. I mean, really, Tobias was the only true starter. But, uh, I mean, you just can't start like that. And 24 assists, I mean, the Hawks had 31. 24 seems kind of light. I know we're without Maxi, our kind of, like, leader and, and quarterback on the team. But we just need to get the ball moving a little bit more. So, um, that's pretty much the bad. What about you? I mean, yeah, I, I think that's that's a good place to start. I mean, we only shot 42% on field goal percentage, so, like, clearly we just couldn't do anything there. And it's not like, like okay, like, Okongwu killed us and Trey Young killed us. Sadiq Bey had an 
surprisingly good game, but like you know, nobody really killed us here, and that that's kind of the disappointing part because this this felt like a winnable game. But you know that 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 happens. So who's your player of the game in this one? I'm gonna give it to Tobias. I mean, I, I, put knew, up, I knew that was coming. I knew it. I mean, anytime we have a chance to give it to Tobias, I am gonna give it to him. So yeah, he had 21 points. Two of four from three, five of six from free throw line, seven of 16. Isn't his best shooting um, just below 50%, but, I mean, he played a lot. He had six boards, seven assists. He really did most of, like, everything for this team, and, and we kind of needed that. So we had a few other possible candidates. What, who'd you choose? I, I, I'm i going to go with, you know, I, I'll i go with you on this. I'll go with Tobias. Why not? I don't give it to him often, but, you know, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Because we got more. Stuff. Yeah, so we finally got a win. I, I don't know if it was like a four or five game losing streak, I think. But pulled out a 119-113 win over the Washington Wizards, who only have nine wins on the year. So not great. Only one by six. But what would you say was your good that came out of this game? All right. Look, the good here is the fact that we got to see a buddy healed Tyrese Maxey backcourt. And it dominated in this game. They combined for... 51 points and 13 assists on seven of 16 from the from the three point line. Look, that that's the good there. I, I think that's pretty clear. That's the good there. I mean, I'll I'll leave the bench to you because I know there's a guy on the bench that you really want to give love to, and I I do too. But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it here with the starters. I'm gonna say Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey backcourt is uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, the guy on the bench is more your guy, Ricky Council. But I mean, G League I'll, guy, yep. Yeah, I mean, 19 points on 7 of 13 shooting and put up 10 boards for the team, five of them offensive. So, I mean, yeah, he played really well. He played 29 minutes. We only played eight players uh, in the roster. I mean, we probably only had eight players available, honestly. Um, but, yeah, I was going to just say Maxi as well. Came back. Putting up nine boards is just huge from him. Uh, he just He was really active on the glass, which we really needed in this game. It's tough to barely pull out a win over the Wizards, but uh, but we did. So what would you say the bad was in this game? Uh, that's that's a tough one here. There really isn't a lot of bad. I mean, Cam, oh come on, Lucas, there is bad. Okay, the three points. You shooting. see that free? Th- do you see that free throw percentage? I mean, I was gonna go three point shooting, twenty nine percent, eight of twenty seven. Yeah, I'll go there. You can touch the free throw percentage, but like. It's hard to win in the NBA with that type of three-point percentage, and the fact is, is that this was probably a closer game than it needed to be against the Wizards, who, by the way, they bought out uh, Delonte Wright, who was in the rotation in this game. Now he's going to go to the Heat. Good move for them. But like, look, if you're given, if if you can't shoot threes in a in a, if, and you only have a six-point win against a team that's starting. Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Denny Advia, Kyle Kuzma, and Marvin Bagley. Four out of those five guys would be reserves on teams. Yeah. So, like, that that's that's where we're at. But, like, you know what? I, I will give some love to Denny Advia. He had 21 points, 13 rebounds, five assists in this game. He, he was impressive. But, yeah, no, it was just a bad game here for sure. Uh, that yeah, in terms I, of three-point shooting. But I'll let you take the free throw stuff. I mean, I was going to hit them both, but yeah, you you hit it. 29% from three-point range is awful. 48% shooting overall is not great. We took 100 no, I mean, shots. That's, that, that's not bad. I, 48 we took 100 fine. shots. Okay. 100 shots. That is an insane amount of possessions. Um, They were just moving fast, and yeah, clearly only getting 119 points on 100 possessions or 100 shots. Not great. But yeah, we're coming to the free throw percentage. 65%. That's brutal. 15 to 23, we left eight points at the line. And, I mean, those could have been extremely important. Ricky Council missed three. I was about to say, I mean, Ricky Council was the one that really missed the most. I mean, Tobias has missed one. Maxi missed one. Heald missed one. Yeah, it, it was yeah. everyone else only missing one. Ricky Council brought it down. But just overall, 65%, not great. Um, and I, like you said, I mean, this team does not have a lot of starters. I, I don't know why, but like when we're talking about this, this just brought to mind the Bucks getting like routed by five players on the Grizzlies. Not routed, but lost yeah, to five yeah. players that, on the that Grizzlies. Was, that was insane. Because yeah, know. and they don't. None of those guys were on the team in 2021. And and so I just think about this. Like this Wizards team is trash, and uh, to almost lose to a nine and 43 team, regardless of what our roster is, was brutal. 
Um, well, I, I will say this. I we, can we talk about Ricky Council here for a second because this isn't the only game that he he started, and I I forgot to add this in the agenda. I should have. Do you think we should bring up Ricky Council in one of those three open roster two open roster spots now? Uh, I mean, I say yes. I say yes. Young prospect. Yeah. Clearly, you know, kind of like a kind of like the like, you know, gritty type of guy needs work on a three point shot. I think we can agree there. But like overall can score, can play defense. Six five, not like super skinny. Like he, he has, you know, he has toughness to him. And I, I like that. Yeah. All right. So who's your player of the game? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know what? Because we know that Maxi and Heel can do what they can do. I, I'm going to give it to Ricky Council. Give it to the rook. I like that. I like that. So I'll double, take double. I'll take uh I'll take Maxi then. Twenty eight points. Aww. Um you nine boards. That's what I just keep coming back to. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's important to me. That's yeah, important I mean, look, to me he, for a he point can guard. Rebound pretty well for a guard his size. I'm not gonna deny that. I'm just saying rookie council, rookie, two way guy, double double with nineteen and ten. That's your guy. All right. I mean, All right. yeah. So let's anyway, go to the third game. Yeah, let's go there. All right, the third game was the Sixers versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, and this might be the marquee win of this episode because the Sixers beat a red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers 123-121 to when they were fully healthy, too, which is impressive. I, I would say it's impressive. What I, I, what are your What's the good from this game for you, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, it is impressive. I, I think you and I were talking before the podcast. They might have been on a nine-game winning streak, um, yeah. and— we know that we only had, uh, I guess Maxie was the only one tr- true starter, um, obviously without Melton, Batum, Embiid, and uh, Tobias didn't play this game, it looks like. So, yeah, I mean, you have Maxie and four technically bench players, and you come out and beat well, well, the team that's... Well, is healed really a bench player? Well, I no, don't know. We'll, I mean, say, we'll, say, we'll save that in for later. You know what? I'll save that. Yeah, but later. so you put up Maxi and these four other players, and you take out a team who's arguably, I think, the hottest in the NBA. Um, they're in the second seed in the East looking really good. We're going the other way. I think where they were like three and seven in our last ten. Cleveland's nine and one. So this was a huge win. I, I just think the good was uh, all around on the, in this game. What about you? I mean, yeah, the good, the good here is that we were able to yet again pull out a near victory. We had – Three guys scoring over 20 with Maxie with 22, Buddy Heald with 24, and Kelly with 24. By the way, Maxie and Heald were very close to double-doubles. Maxie had nine assists. Heald had eight assists. Heald's playmaking during this stretch has been very impressive to me. That, that I do want to point say that, that he's been pretty impressive in terms yeah. of playmaking. I guess that that would be the good for me. What what about you? I mean, well, no, we've already talked about you. So let's talk about the bad. What's the bad in this game? Yeah, it's tough. There's not like an overly alarming amount of bad, but I just go back to kind of something that we've had historically that you and I and the Chris, I mean, we go back, I've talked about that really good guards just torch the Sixers. And, and it's tough to stop players like Dame and Beal used to do it and Booker. And uh, it's tough to stop those guys. But Donovan Mitchell went, 36 points and he went to the foul line 17 shots so like it was just tough to see that I mean we the the other players on the team I mean Darius Garland and and Jared Allen each had 21 but in general I'd say we kind of kept everyone in check but did not keep Donovan Mitchell in check but it's all right we came out with the wins I mean what what would you say you're bad I mean look I expect Donovan Mitchell to go off against a backcourt of Tyrese Maxey and Buddy Heald like just defensively like they're just not set up for that and that that's okay that's okay look I, I think the bad here is the fact that we had uh you know we had such a good game from rookie council and he had eight points and five rebounds but that was on two of seven shooting there so it, I wish I could have had a little bit more I also wish that you know KJ Martin would have attempted a three in this game like even Paul Reed did like, come on, dude. You're six yeah. six. You're not your dad. You can't play power forward. You gotta you gotta be able to shoot the ball. Yeah, that's that that was a little disappointing. But he I mean he played okay outside of that. He had ten points, eight rebounds, but like still it's just not the ideal thing there. Um definitely gonna talk about Evan Mobley later in our segment around the NBA. But yeah, no, that's that's mine. So who's the player of the game for you here? 
I'm going to give it to Kelly Oubre because I think he teetering could have been player of the game. I mean, definitely could have been in the Hawks game and, and maybe another game we talked about. But he played 41 minutes that led. Oh, no, I guess Max played 42, but 41 minutes, 10 of 14 from the field, two of three from behind the line. That's real efficient. Um, didn't not too many uh, rebounds and assists, but 24 points. And he seems to I know I've said this before, but like he is. Inconsistent sometimes shooting the ball, but recently he seems to have been pretty consistent. So I'm going to give it to Ubre. I think he deserves it. You know, that, that's that's an okay choice. But I'm going to go with the other guy that had 24 points in this game, the newcomer, uh, Buddy Heal. Despite fouling out of this game, he did have 24 points on 19 of 13 shooting from the field, five of eight from 3.5. He took eight attempts. It's nice to have somebody that's willing to let it fly again. Yeah, With four rebounds. Yeah. Eight assists, one steal. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Buddy there. I mean, and we're watching just a quick, like, note. Like, we're watching Buddy Heald do this. He's putting up shots, and he's knocking them down and scoring points without Embiid. When he gets that extra spacing, it's got, it's got me thinking. I mean, look, we'll, we'll definitely talk about Buddy Heald. We're, um, we're almost there, Jonathan. I promise you we, I know. we're, we're almost right. there. All right, well, let's go to the last game before we hit the NBA All-Star break. Um, obviously, some people are looking ahead, just getting ready to have a week or, yeah, essentially a week off. But we took a 109-104 loss to the Miami Heat. What would you think the good is in this game? Well, I'm, I'm glad that we got through the All-Star to the All-Star break. I'm not glad that we ended it on a on a losing streak, considering that Jimmy Butler wasn't playing, neither was Terry Rozier. Yeah. But – you know, we did we did come out here. We did try. Max, he had 30 points. Heald had 22. Paul Reed. Paul Reed was – he was actually pretty good in this game, despite getting, you know, blown up by the other end by Bam Adebayo. But, like, he had 18 points and 12 rebounds and one block and only had three fouls in 39 minutes. That's that's a pretty good Paul Reed game. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I, I haven't been the biggest Paul Reed uh, fan as of late, but – he can hold his uh, – for some reason, him against Miami works out pretty well for the Sixers. That, yeah. that would be the good for me here. I mean, Ricky Council had 13 points of 5 of 10 from the field. Uh, only made one of four three-point attempts. But still, 13 points. Sixers need scoring off the bench now, now that Morris is gone. For and sure. Oubre um, and possibly Healder in the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think the good was – Heald and Maxi shooting. I mean, they put up what twenty of thirty-eight. Like that's pretty good shooting from the field in general. And putting out Buddy Heald for forty-four minutes. I mean, I know like Nick Nurse isn't usually someone who just burns players like that, but uh, uh, we didn't need him. I don't know, man. I mean, you look at that last year in Toronto. He actually does have a uh, Tom Thibodeau uh, tendencies. Does he really? To... Yes, he does. Okay, uh, I, well I maybe I'm mistaken, that... but but yeah, yeah. I mean. Maxi and Paul Reed played 39, but it's it's just tough. I mean, at this point, we're still down. We're going to reiterate it, but it's like sounds like a broken record. We're still down four starters, and yes, yeah, I know, let, maybe yeah, Buddy Heald will be. Yeah, let, let's let you know Joel Embiid obviously. Then you know you have Tobias Harris was out in this game again. Batum. Batum, yeah. Hopefully these guys are back and healthy when All Star comes or after All Star break. That's but, a hope. Uh, so why don't you? Uh, what do you think the bad was in this game? I mean, the fact that Bam out of box. I mean, no, I can't even say that Bam won't go in for 23 because that's close to the season average. I mean, we can talk about how, you know, they started Nikola Jovic and that did, we didn't take advantage of that. I do also want to side note here, and this is going more to the human aspect. Uh, Hayward Highsmith, former Sixer, now on the Heat. Uh, he, won, he, he had a pretty traumatic experience. By the reporting of it, it does not sound like it was his fault, but he you know, inadvertently uh, caused the harm to a man and lost part of his, the man's limb by sounds of it. So that's that's a pretty serious thing there. I mean, look, I think the, the big thing here now getting back to the game is the uh, the fact that we cannot contain the Heat's bench. Highsmith went for 16. Jaime Hawkins, who I think is probably the – I think he's the fourth best rookie this season. And actually the I'm going to talk about uh, Brandon Miller here in our round over our NBA stuff. But – Look, it's uh, yeah. Look, you can't contain a bench when you allow. Was it here? Thirty-two points scoring coming off the bench there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's no, I mean I agree with you. And and speaking of like 
sad, unfortunate events. I know Jimmy Butler's dealing with a uh, close death. I'm not sure if it's a yeah, family or friend. It's a, it's a family member, yeah. But so he's out. I mean, I know we have a lot of stars out, but he's out too, and we took an L. I mean, I think that I, I don't normally go to a player for the bad, but campaign, man, 22 minutes, and he went one of seven from the field, 0 of five from three. That's, that's the could, price of campaign. That's the price of doing dude business. Dude could not hit a, yeah, two well, points. So good, well, good for him. Um, the good I, news nah, is Kyle Lowry is going to be playing once All Star Week's over, and that means we shouldn't see campaign anymore. Hopefully. Yeah, but we okay, but uh, and this is a totally other other conversation that we briefly touched on the last podcast. That it just does not make sense. Like if you have the inkling that you're getting Kyle Lowry, why do this? But that's a topic for another day. So why don't you give me the player of the game in this one? I, uh, the the you know the player of the game in this one is Paul Reed, 18 points, uh, 12 rebounds. I mean, we don't usually get that from Paul Reed. Maxi wasn't the super most efficient. Same thing with Buddy. I mean, Buddy Heald was pretty good, but like he had a doubled. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I'm going to give it to Paul Reed just because I I don't usually give Paul Reed love, but I'll, I'll give him love in this one. But I'm very tempted to say Buddy Heald. No, I like that you did that. I mean, we can split it up. I'm going to give it to Buddy Heald just okay. so we can take the other side. Ten assists, man. Uh, I didn't. He's, I, he's, he's not been necessary. averaging seven and a half assists since coming to the Sixers in these four games. Yeah, uh, you don't necessarily see like I, I don't think of him as that. You think of him as a three point shooter, but um, yeah, ten assists, eight of fifteen from the field. He, he's playing really well with the Sixers so far. So really interested to see how he's looking when uh, when we get a full a full squad back. But speaking of him, that kind of leads perfectly to the next segue. Yeah, yeah, and that that kind of talks about Buddy Heald here. Now, I should note that since joining the Sixers, he's been averaging 22 points, seven and a half assists to four turnovers. He's also been shooting 52% from the field and 45% from the three-point line on 10 attempts a game. So let me ask you this. When everybody's healthy, we're assuming that Nicholas Batum, Tobias Harris are the starting forwards. When Joel's back, he's the starting center. You got Maxi. Who is that fifth starter? Is it DeAnthony Melton or is it Buddy Heald? I think this this should honestly. Can we take Batum out and put Tobias at the four? I mean, look, I don't care who's at the four between him and Tobias, but if you. Heald's only. Dude, you have to remember, Heald's 6'4. Yeah, he'll he plays the three and Melton plays the two. I'm, I'm sorry. Do you want to have defensive breakdowns? Like, I'm sorry. No, no. You, I'm not doing a three-guard lineup. I'm No. And neither will Nick Nurse because he likes having size on the perimeter. All right. Well, so, I mean, I, look, I, I don't want to say this, but if that's the case, if that's the way you're thinking, I don't think Melton should lose his starting spot. He plays more defense than anyone on the team besides Joel Embiid when he wants to. And I don't really feel like losing that. Like, we – Already traded Pat Bev and Jane Springer. Like perimeter perimeter defense is weak. We already talked about how Buddy Hield and Maxi can let up points to anyone. So, I mean, I want I want Mel to start, but it, it just feels weird. I, I would love to go small. I don't think Batum gives us too much. I understand your hesitation, but I mean, if it's truly between Melton and uh, Hield, I'm starting Melton to see because I don't think offenses are problem. I think defenses are problem. Well, counterpoint to this, what's more important to you, having spacing with Joel or defense next to Maxi? I, I truly think it's defense. So you you don't think that a combination of Buddy Heald and Joel Embiid and the, uh, the dribble handoff and other actions are going to be more beneficial than... No, I do. I think, I think that's a lethal thing. I think okay. I would find a way to make... Uh, I'm not saying that you're about to play all three together. I think that will be an option, but I look, you're you're asking me to have three guys that are six, five, and under playing with each other, and then another guy who's six, eight, six, seven playing power forward. And with Paul Reed right now, let's just, you know, let's be real. Joel's not gonna be back until the playoffs. So and then Paul Reed, who's like six nine, maybe on a good day. Like, look, I I here here's what I think will ha- should happen. Until Joel comes back, I think you're right. I think I think defense next to Maxi is more important because he's going to be your main hub of the offense. You don't want to put too much uh, pressure on him defensively. I think you can have he'll come off the bench. However, when Joel comes back, we and we know that this season, not last season, but this season, Melton has not had the most reliable three point shooting year. I think you can uh, you can afford the defensive 
you know, let down that, you know, you're going to have when you switch the two and then have healed starting and then just having that that extra shooting there is just so essential, man. I'm telling you, I'm that, that's what I'm thinking here. Yeah, I mean, Buddy Hield's not a bench player. I mean, he, he didn't didn't sit on the bench in uh, Indiana. I mean, this season he did like half the time, but like, yeah, no, in general, okay. he's a starter. But like, yeah, no, I, I, I think, look, the Sixers are toting that Buddy Hield is the best player that was acquired at the trade deadline. I, I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but I do know that he might be the most impactful one if the Sixers start him. Which I okay. think, look, you might be right. They might go small, but I wouldn't. I got to be honest. Before, like when you and I were talking, I didn't. It's because we've been, had so many injuries. I didn't really like, think about this, but this could truly be an like a very very interesting discussion. When everyone's healthy, we have six quality starters, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Absolutely, I'm glad you brought it up for sure. So, um, all right, well. We will find out more about Buddy Heald's role, obviously, as the starters come back, hopefully after the All-Star Weekend, which leads us to the All-Star Weekend. Uh, I know you and I did not have too, too much interest in this. Um, Maxie was the only Sixer that was playing in the All-Star game. Current Sixer. Current Sixer. Yeah, of course. So we're going to start with the dunk contest, though. Um, Mac McClung won in a final against Jalen Brown, which honestly, I I just got to say, like, Jalen Brown's probably the highest profile player to play in the last like four or five years. I'm glad that an all-star level player showed up. Yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really happy. And I think that was, that was cool. So glad to see it. But our boy X six or current, uh, Osceola magic guard, Mark McClung won. Did you see any of it? What were your thoughts? I, I saw the highlights of it. I, my okay. favorite dunk of his was when he like, Got it off of somebody's hands, like let it go midair, picked it back up, and then reverse dunked it. Yep. That 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 was my favorite. Well, not reverse. It was like behind his head. But like, yeah, that was my favorite. It wasn't him going over Shaq. I knew that he could go over Shaq. He wasn't the only player that went over Shaq either. Jaime Hawkins no. also did that. So like that wasn't super impressive for me. Though it was impressive to see the fact that his head was at the same level as the rim and he's like six three. That 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 was impressive. Yeah, and, he got uh, up. Yeah, so I I mean, look, I I think that the dunk contest is Mac McClung's to lose. He will always be on a two way contract now until he loses the dunk contest. The question is, are these all stars going to be as brave as Jalen Brown and try to dethrone Mac McClung? Because I don't see McClung not wanting to do it until he get he loses. I I think he Dude, has. I, that, that, I've been told. But I read that he made last year when he won, like he made a hundred K and that was like all the money he'd made since graduating, like three years prior from G league and stuff. So he probably did that again this year. So yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to do it. He pays the bills. Yeah. Look, I mean, why not? There, uh, Like who, who can like, what are we going to get Zach Levine out of retirement here? Or Aaron Gordon? No, I don't know, but I'm well, okay, say, okay. So they inter- wouldn't that be fun to see a three-way contest in the slam dunk between Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, and Matt McClung? I got to be honest, even though we love our boy, he would be in over his head with that. I mean, would he, though? I think so. I, I, I think it would be one of the more spectacular slam dunk contests that we would. It might have been, the. it would be the best one since, like, the, since, since the Vince Carter one, in my opinion. Look, I... Yeah, I agree with you. All I'll say is, I mean, Jason Tatum shared your and I opinion. He said that he was interviewed recently, or I mean, right before the All-Star game, as you said, we're recording during it. And they were asking him about having like an All-Star caliber player in the dunk contest. And he said he's great and he's hoping more will do it. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful too. It's nice to see Mac McClung win, but I, it, did, it was cool. Well, like, let's, let's, like let's talk about it. What All-Star level players do we want to see in it? I have two. I mean, I want to see if, if healthy, huge, if uh, Zion and Ja. Yeah, okay, those those were my two as well. Zion, Ja, right? Can we think of any others that could qualify for this? This is obviously a little past due, but like, I would have loved to see LeBron do it once. Could LeBron even do it at this? Like, I know he can still dunk. Yeah. Let's, let's, oh yeah. But like, would he want to put himself through that at this age? No, because he he would only do it if he knew he was going to win. 
Well, well you know, he, it, it, yeah, and that's the interesting thing because I do you listen to uh, that uh, what's his name, Brian Winhorse uh, uh, podcast? What is it called? Um, is it the Hoop Collective? Yeah, Hoop Collective. And I he don't says, listen to it like regularly. Okay, well, I I listened to an episode here where he was talking about how he LeBron did the All American Slam Dunk contest and he was pretty horrible in that, and I guess that's part of the reason why he's never actually did it. Which is fair. Okay. Well, okay. But outside of LeBron, like who else here? Who else? Giannis? Would Giannis be a good slam dunker? Or is he just too big? I think he's too big. Um, I don't think he gets enough air in his dunks, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I Like, I like Jalen Brown. I thought that was a good one. You know what? Uh, we, should, we should have a slam dunk contest with Nikola Jokic. Yeah. <laughs> they should just do it. They should do a Jokic and Bead Giannis dunk contest. That would be so torn. Like there, there's only been like a handful of good like slam dunk centers, and I think Dwight's the best slam dunk center in a slam dunk history contest. Yo, what if Dwight came back? No, I don't think Dwight could do it with his back anymore. All right, this is a bit off topic, but I just need your opinion because okay, there was okay. a discussion. This there was a discussion about this, and it might be we might need to put on another podcast too. Okay. This is a debate of who you would like. Who's who? I, I'll just give it to you two players, and you can take it however you want. Okay. AD or Dwight Howard. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code Program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code Program. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As like the better player, yeah, or like, like who would like overall probably. history, yeah. Oh, Prime Dwight would shut down AD no problem. It's Dwight. Like okay. Dwight should have been on the seventy five team. Okay, like, I, 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 like I really don't understand. Like I, I guess it's because AD won a championship as the be- as a big man with the Lakers. Like that's because like he hasn't. Yeah, Dwight been was like a what three time defensive player of the year, three time defensive player of the year, five time NBA rebounding champion. Multiple block shots leader uh, was in the MVP conversation. Like should have won MVP the year that Derrick Rose won it. Dwight was right in that conversation as well. Like you probably Dwight yeah. probably should have gotten that that one if we're being honest. Dwight or LeBron, but like all right, okay, hang on. We're getting back to the slam dunk here. I'm trying to think of who else would we want to see. Like okay, uh, it doesn't have to be just all star players, but like let's let's think about this for a second here. I don't know um, anyone who like puts it down. Like, I mean, like, does Lamelo move no, the needle? No, but Brandon John Miller, Collins. Br- Br- John Collins might be a good one, but I think he might have done it already. I think uh, might- Donovan Mi- Donovan Mitchell. That could be an interesting one. That could be an interesting one. I- I'd be open to that one. What um, about who, Ben? Oh Mas- my God! What? Uh, Derek Jones Jr. He did it, but man, that dude flies. Yeah, he's done it before, though. Okay. Uh, what about uh, what about uh, what's his name on the on the Pacers right now? Uh, ben Matherin. Kind of seems like I would like that. Charlie Brown. Uh, uh, not Charlie Brown Jr. Sorry. Uh, Bruce Brown Jr. Is he kind of a dunker okay. or not really? What if Ben Simmons did it and then he got stage? <laughs> I, uh, you know what? Yeah, you know, no. you know, if Ben Simmons ever did a slam dunk contest and then asked Trey to be his prop and then he missed the dunk, I, oh, would... I got it. I got it. The what? the one. There is one that we are missing who we would need. Okay. Yeah. You, you got a guess? Is he an all star currently? Yeah. So he's an all-star this year. Jason Tatum? Nah. Ant Edwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that dude Ant. tried to baptize Joel Embiid. He's baptized a lot of – almost baptized a lot of people. Yeah. He's, like, yep. the best, like, non-finishing like finishing dunker because, like, 
the amount of people he's almost put on posters has been fantastic. Um, he may yeah. be he may be the number one person I would want to see. He might be. Yeah, he he might he very well might be. Uh, would Shay be? Is Shay a good dunker? I don't know. I haven't seen it enough. I haven't seen it either. Jalen Williams, the wing. Jay, okay. The wing Jalen Williams, maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't know. There, there's options. Keontae George. There is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there, there are options. Anyway. So, so uh, we'll go to the next – one of the next contests. So, there was the All-Star Skills Contest, which had the standard, like, go through the obstacle course, and then they had a team passing into, um, like, different nets that gave you different values. Uh, and there were three teams. The Indiana Pacers had their own team because they're hosting the, obviously, All-Star Weekend then a number one pick team that had Ant Edwards, Victor Wembanyama, Paolo Bancaro, the last three number one picks. And then there was an all-star team, Scotty Barnes, Trey Young, Tyrese Maxey. They made it to the finals against the Indiana Pacers. They did not win, though. Any thoughts? I mean, our boy Tyrese was out there. I mean, the skills contest is literally like the I, – I enjoy the celebrity all-star game more than the skills contest. <laughs> Like, no, like, shout out to Michael Parsons, not a Cowboys fan, but good for him for winning uh, Celebrities All-Star MVP. Good for him. But no, I, I don't care about the the All-Star Skills Challenge. It is the most boring part about All-Star Weekend to me. But good yeah, for Tyrese I, for getting to the finals. Yeah, I'll say I watched the highlights, and Tyrese's team did great in, like, the passing into the different nets. They had a rotation. They were, like, doing, like, a – swivel drill and all like rotating to the different values and and they were moving so they did really well um but yeah people don't, they don't even take it seriously anthony edwards was shooting the three with his left hand so uh but yeah they don't care but I let's mean, go to the three-point contest uh, uh, yeah we'll go to the three-point contest and then i kind of want to talk to you a little bit more about like making celebrity all-star weekend better again but yeah. okay. Okay. But yeah, so the three point contest, there was kind of two this year. There was the regular one, which we have had in years past. They added a starry shot, though, which makes it longer. I think the and finals was three Cat. For that. Yeah. Yeah. The finals was Cat, um, Trey Young, and Dame Lillard. Trey and Cat tied. And then Dame hit his, he had all he needed to hit was one shot, and he missed his first four shots on the last rack and hit the last one to take the W. So yeah, Dame what'd time. you think? Did Dame deserve it? I mean, it's Dame time, dude. I look, he's, he's one of the best three point shooters. I'm pretty sure he's won a three point contest before. So like, sure. But cool. I thought he was going to blow it though. I thought he, he might, I mean, four it, it would have been, been a sudden death overtime then. Right. So like it is yeah. what it is, but I, I was actually really interested to see Steph versus Sabrina. She, yeah. So she that was made, the other one. Yeah, that 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 was a really good one. I thought that uh, she definitely pushed Steph there. I, you know, I think a lot of people were expecting her not to be able to hold her own, and she did. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, she. I I think I told you. I think she hit something like nine of her first ten. She was lights out. Um, and yeah, like when they first set this up, they were like, she'll shoot from the women's line, and she came out immediately. Was like, no, like I want to shoot from the men's NBA three point line, but I'll use the women's ball. But still, I mean, that's. She sh we know she can shoot from that range, but that's just like she doesn't have to. So good for her. Um, she definitely pushed Steph. I mean, I felt like he was nervous going into that round after she put up like a 26 spot. He ended up hitting 29. It was really cool. Um, I hope they continue stuff like that in the future. I know you had said you got to you want to see someone else in the in the, that kind of I, I, I think all all of America wants to see Caitlin Clark when she uh, she got drafted. Who did she get drafted by? The Fever? Was it? The she fever? is not drafted. I thought I thought they did the draft. Oh, well, anyway, I, no, she's still playing for Iowa, selling okay. out. Okay. Well, anyway, whenever she gets drafted, we love to see her play. I, I I would love to see her play, and I think she might be actually able to beat steps. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Um. But let's, yeah. So be, you, you, you wanted to talk more about the All Star game? Yeah. Look, I th first off, kudos for Adam Silver going back to the original format. I think we can all say we like the original format better. Um, yeah. Just gives it more nostalgia that way. But the players aren't caring. So my question for you is, should the NBA incentivize the All-Star game just like they incentivize the in-season tournament? In what way? Like, what do you... Well, you could incentivize... There's, there's a couple ways. Obviously, you could do, like, a financial game, but most to most of these players, that doesn't really matter, right? 
not in the yeah. grand scheme of things. Or, or this could be interesting. Home court of the NBA Finals goes to the winning team. Now, I think baseball does that, right? So that 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 I think that does. Be, I don't know if baseball does it anymore, but, but they, they did, to. and that is that is insane to me. Like, Why if not? you decided. Why? Why? All right, just just picture it. Like, if you I mean, if this your, year team, it's not if your team is in contention and you're in the All Star game and you want that home court advantage because you're thinking that your team's going to win the championship, aren't you going to try to play your best and try to win? For sure, but dude, that is you got like max usually max two players, and I know you're saying that like anyone in contention, like in the top five teams in each conference, would be like, oh, I want it. They're all going to play hard, but like. You're determining who gets a like a home court based on the performance of like how two players from one of the potential teams is like that's high stakes. I mean, look, clearly, maybe we need high stakes because like I don't know what else to get these players incentivized for. The NBA can't play pay all stars; they already get bonus all star bonuses in their contract. The winning team shouldn't have to be like, look, you should have to you should you should. Is you shouldn't have to play players to play uh, pay them extra to play hard in a game that's supposed to be for the fans. You should not, but yeah. So I mean, I think I think a way you could, I think a way you could try is the uh, um, U.S. versus the world. I think no, 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 because yeah, I think there would be actual competition in that. U.S. would lose. Yeah, I know, but I think there would be actual competition in that. Would they? I don't. I don't know. And you don't want to make it like a divide there amongst like, you know, you don't want to make it like a, I don't know. I don't want to alienate the international community by doing that. I feel like that could backfire. All right. That's fair. I think they, maybe they'll do something, but why don't we get to around the NBA? I think you should go first because you probably got a few more than I do this week. Yeah. I want to talk about a few plays here. First thing I'm going to talk about is Evan Mobley. And I got to give Mobley some love here because last couple weeks I've said the Cavs should trade him, all that stuff. And uh, no, I, w- I was wrong about that. I was wrong because he has, since returning, has been a marksman from the three-point line. Like this guy is, is actually, you know, I didn't think that he had a three-point shot. But this season he he's pushing himself to become more of a three-point shooter. And I'm pulling up the stats now. But, like, he, if he can continue this pace of, you know, pushing out three-pointers, I think the Cavs are going to reach a new level. Because let's let's look at the stats here. And, yeah, actually, let me go to – not split. Sorry, I clicked the wrong thing. Game log. So since returning from injury, Jonathan, he has attempted about 1.9 three-pointers per game, which is essentially, like – um, the most he's shooting 61 percent now it, it sounds like he's taking the approach of shoot one a game if you make it shoot another one which gosh wouldn't that have been yeah. nice if, if a former sixer would have done that right yeah. and, and they've only lost one game since uh let's see here he returned and at the end of january uh, my mistake. I, I misread that. Um, so in February, he's been taking 1.9 attempts. But uh, since he's returned from injury, he, they've only lost one game, and that was against us that he's played in. So that's that's pretty darn good for Evan Mobley, stretching the floor yeah. is key there. So I just want to – if he can continue to do that off the, after the All-Star game, then the two big lineups with him and Allen can work, which brings me to Jared Allen, man. I really thought that – that he should have been an all-star. Like, this guy, like, yes, he Joel eats him up. Uh, Mitchell Robinson eats him up. But for the most part, like, he can hold his own in the NBA. Like, he, he's a solid, you know, he, he's one of the better centers. And I got to give him mad respect because, and I'm pulling up the stats now. I'm sorry that my computer is taking so long. This season, he's averaging 15 point, fifteen and a half points, 10 and a half rebounds while shooting... 64% from the field. And then um, since like since January, he's been just like dominating. Like just on both ends of the floor. Like he's finally gotten to a new level where he's like contributing more as a scorer. 
And I think the Cavs needed that, especially when Mobley and Garland were out. But let's see, in January, Fe- February and January, he's averaged 17 points in both both months. And roughly about 13 rebounds in January and 10 rebounds in February and about 1.5 blocks in both months. So that's kudos to him. And then I want to bring attention to Brandon Miller. Now, he's not going to win Rookie of the Year, but Brandon Miller has finally came into his own. He's He needs to add more muscle, but he is showing real flashes of being a star in the future. And honestly, he's starting to remind me a little bit of a young Paul George. Now, he's not quite good defensively or athletic or strong, but he – the moves that he has definitely kind of reminds me of him. And I'm pulling up his stats now. But That's guess a real what? good comparison, honestly. Well, I mean, Paul George is his quote-unquote goat. So that, I find that interesting. But the, the the main thing I want you to think about here is that who's on the Charlotte Hornets now? There's nobody to eat up minutes or shots from him. Ball uh, is still injured. No more Terry Rozier. No more P.J. Washington. No more Gordon Hayward. Like... He's and like, by the way, Trey Mann, he's going to be. I'm interested to see how he does, but actually, I might pull him up next if I'm being honest here. Trey, uh, but Brandon Miller in in February, January, February, he has really been putting the ball into the basket here. January, he's averaging 23 points per game, 23 and a half points per game on 48, 42, 89 splitting uh, shoot, uh, averages with five rebounds per game. Like, okay. he. Yeah, so far in January. So he he is he's going to get a lot more shot attempts now, and I think he's going to flourish there. Trey Mann, he was a throw-in in that Gordon Hayward trade. Trey Mann can put up buckets. I'm going to pull up his his uh, stats here for a second here because he just got traded to the Hornets, and I think he's getting playing time now too. Undersized scoring guard, but uh, you know he's not really a point guard, not really two because he's too small, but he can put the uh, ball into the bucket as well and i i really think that he might be a steal from that gordon hayward trade as well look i i, and I just the charlotte hornets in general are making good moves mitch Kumpchak, he's 69 he's going to be going into advisory role as soon as they hire a new guy by the way sixers elton brand is on that short list don't yeah i i'm not sure if i wouldn't mind seeing brand go because i have not loved his moves that he's made not not as a whole Trey Mann, let's see here. Uh, on the season, is averaging five points on 48% shooting. But since joining the Hornets, the stats are loading here. He's 6'3", by the way, but he's really a shooting guard in terms of like his production. Since being acquired by Charlotte, he is averaging 13 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Okay. So just in his last game against the Atlanta he had 21 points, eight rebounds, six assists. So just something to keep an eye on there, scoring guard there. So anyway, I think that's the majority of what I wanted to talk about. What do you want to add okay. to this? Yeah, I didn't have too much. I mean, there's a few. Um, I think in the West, the one thing I want to touch on is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like we talked a little bit about the a while ago about them being potentially soft. I mean, I think it was like three weeks ago when Cat scored 62, they lost, and Chris Finch like straight up said they disrespected the game of basketball. Honestly, since then, they have been playing great. They're back on top of the Western Conference. There was four teams within a half game like within the last week. They now have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are playing real good ball. I do not think they are fake, so I think that's a good, good team. Uh, and the only other thing out West is – I was kind of surprised today. LeBron said he wanted to finish his career with the Lakers. I mean, I think people assumed that he loves the LA life. That he's got additional like business interests that are easily accessible in LA. Uh, who knows if his son's going to come out? But people have been saying that there were reports that they thought at least two teams could convince him to walk away. I don't know if it was Mark Stein, but like two teams could get oh, him to Sixers walk away. The Sixers were from on that, that list. The Sixers, yeah, were on that list. Yeah. from that fifty-one million dollar opt-out. So. I was just kind of surprised that he said that. Who knows? Maybe it's a leverage tool. Everything LeBron Look, says is I, I, I don't actions speak louder than words with LeBron. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then in the East, the only things I wanted to say were, uh, dude, the Wizards are the worst team in the NBA. Like that's oh, well, my take. Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. They're worse than the Pistons. 
Yeah, that's my take. They wow. are. They have lost their last eight games. They're nine and forty-five, which is literally one game better than eight and forty-six Detroit Pistons. But you want to know something interesting? What? The Pistons are eight and forty-six. They have four of those wins in their last eleven games. That's not great, being four and seven, but. That's half of their wins on the season are in their last 11 games. The Wizards, on the other hand, I don't think you can say that. They both have the same negative 9.1 point differential. The Wizards are a tank. Uh, I think they're the worst team in the NBA. I truly do. Um, and also in, also in other news, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about in the East is the Milwaukee Bucks. They are an absolute dumpster fire, and it makes me so happy. The Adrian Griffin thing was the worst thing they could do. And maybe you say it's not the worst thing they could do because it came from Giannis or Dame or something like that. Totally fine. If you want to keep cohesion, you can live with that. But uh, they are three and seven in their last 10. I think Doc Rivers is like two and six. Two no, and he, five he's, or three, he's three and seven. He's okay, six. so he's got those 10, three and seven. You know who, what Adrian Griffin's last 10 games were before the, he left? Seven and three. So complete opposite. I mean, look. Uh, the, the Bucks have problems. They just signed Danilo Gallinari. That seems like a bad move on his part. But, like, he probably should have came to Philly. But, you know, anyway, like, at the end of the day here, it'll be interesting to see what Doc – and Doc's coaching tonight, right? So that, that's another interesting – Dude, absolute dumpster fire, though. I, yeah. I think the Bucks I, are – Is it really off. even Doc's fault? Like, is it – like, they, they've been playing better defensively since Doc got there. My understanding. I think it is Doc's fault. Uh, well, I just think it's the organization's fault. Like I, I you, think they gave, I think they gave Giannis too much power on the coaching decision. Uh, well, I don't even know if it was necessarily that. I don't think there's, I truly don't think there's any coaches you can put into that situation and it be a good idea. But well, did they, did they pull always, the plug too soon on Bud? Yes, that's. I mean, that's a definite that Bud shouldn't be gone. But when you think about it, like. You're looking like, can we bring Bud back or should we go Doc? A Doc, for some reason, has this big, like, oh, he's great with veterans, like, great with veterans. He's just a player's guy. But you know what? At the end of the day, I don't think he's a good coach. We all know his awful playoff record, like his blowing leads. I, I don't think the Bucs – I think the Bucs are going to keep going down. Dame Lillard is shooting, like, not a career worst, but pretty bad. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he definitely looks like he's lost. Look, I think the problem is here, and it's not just, you know, Doc. I think Doc doesn't help the problem. But I think the fundamental change of going from Drew Holiday to Dame Lillard has had such a negative outlook on your defense. Now, let's be clear. Dame Lillard is the better player. However, how you had that team set up, you needed a guy on the point of attack defense. And that's why they traded for Pat Bev. Like that, that, that's the reason for that move. Look, I but, think you're, no, I think you're really right with that. Like we both know that Dame's the better player. I mean, everyone knows Dame's a better player, but I think if you're look like just uh, compiling the best players does not win you a championship. Mm -hmm. And we know that like Drew Holiday fit that mold and he won a championship with them. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a tough thing to get rid of. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. just enjoying and seeing the Bucks yeah. fall. And another underrated loss for them was Grayson Allen, who's the fifth starter in, in Phoenix and looking pretty Pretty fantastic. I think he's that, no. That's a great call. Look, great call look, by you. look, look. Like Grayson Allen, he's a good defender. Not not great, but he can definitely like he's not going to be like torched. And he's arguably right now one of the best three point shooters in the NBA. Yeah, like no, like I I am thinking that we see the Bucks in the second round. Like that's who I want to see. That's not that is someone you definitely want to see. Not only to stick it because I don't, but because I don't believe in them in the playoffs. Yeah, and I know, I know, I did say the um, Bucks were the last thing, but based on that, the Bucks, I did have one more short thing I wanted to touch on. So the Cavs, I've heard a lot of talk, specifically on ESPN, but like other in the media, that it's like, I mean, this is a good story. They're on a hot run. They're a good team, but like, can they really compete? I actually think they can. I truly think the way they're built, they can contend. Look, I think Boston's well, the best team by far. They're six games ahead of Cleveland in the East. They're going to be the number one seed. I, 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 I don't, dude. I don't, I don't think they can. I just think that people are underrating them. I think that Donovan Mitchell may not be. I know it's hard to say he's a number one, but the way that team is built, the way they play defense, I think that they are a much more – I think they're a much bigger threat than people think. Look, I don't think it's too much of a hot take, but 
I think they're in the conference finals. I think it's going to be them in Boston, and, and I'm pretty convinced. I, I, I don't. I don't. And I think okay. for two reasons. One, in the past, and, and until proven otherwise, Jared Allen gets bullied by bigger centers. I mean, gosh, if Mitchell Robinson has his way with you, then that's a problem. Also, in the playoffs. Now, granted, they got a little bit better with the shooting. But they are still going to get hunted defensively on Garland and Mitchell. Like, they, they're just going to get hunted so much. I mean, but we were talking it, about earlier, like, uh, Tyrese Maxey and Buddy Heald. Do you think they're better on defense? Well, I mean, maybe, maybe not. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, I mean, the Sixers have options to go away from Heald if you want to. Like, you can't go away from one of those two guys. That's the thing. You can't go away from one of those two guys. It's not like Heald is a superstar. It's not like DeAnthony Melton is a superstar. They're they're starters. You can rotate that based off of that. But like, you know, Joel, Giannis, like maybe the maybe the Cavs give the uh give the Bucks a hard time, but like teams like New York, the Sixers, I don't really think they give Boston that much of a hard time. Like, look, okay. I, I, I I have let, let's just say worst case scenario, Joel's not healthy by the playoffs. Let's let's say that happens. Take the Sixers out of the equation. The team that I'm looking at in the East, there, and this all depends on health here. The, I mean, I think Boston, we can agree, will probably reach the conference finals. And I don't think more, we kind yeah. of both agree that the Bucks won't. So who who is it? There are two teams that I think that I have I have true faith in that happening with. One is the Heat, because. Okay. Till proven otherwise, they are a threat, right? Yeah. And I think they got better at the trade deadline and in the buyout market. The other team, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Nets. I mean, not the Nets, the Knicks. Oh. No, 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 no. The Knicks, look, they have four legitimate centers to throw at Joel Embiid. Granted, they won't slow him. They won't stop him, but they will slow him down. Okay. And Hardenstein, Mitchell, uh, Sims, and Precious Achua, right? They have Brunson. Brunson is a I, – I'm very tempted to say superstar. I'm very tempted to say superstar. And I, I've had this conversation with multiple people. I'm going to have it with you right now. Tell me five guards that are better than Jalen Brunson in the NBA right now. Five. Five point guards. Steph. Okay, that's one. Uh, is Devin Booker a point guard? Uh, he's playing point guard, but he's not really a point guard. Um, I'll, I'll tell you the other four. I'll tell you the other four. Then you can think of the fifth one for me. Okay. Okay. Steph, Tyrese Alberton, Shea, and Luca. Yeah, Shea. All right. I take Shea, Luca, and Steph hands down. I don't know that I take Alberton over. Okay. Tyrese. So, so, I, I so, probably so, do. Okay. So then, then we're saying that Jalen Brunson is 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 a top five point guard, right? Uh, I feel like I need more time. I don't think he is. But I mean, maybe he is if we can't rule out other people. But like, I don't know. That sounds shocking. I mean, but think yeah. about it. But think about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean. I, I am thinking about it. I, I mean, the way you presented it, I mean, there's probably only three definitive better than him right now. Right? So he's one of the best point guards, uh, arguably the second best point guard in the East, right? Because, like, yeah. Halliburton's first, right? So that then, like, who do you have outside of uh, before him? It's not Tyrese Maxey. I think we can agree on that. As much as we love Tyrese, it's not Tyrese. Dame's yeah. past his prime, right? It, it, it looks that way. I feel yeah, I'm hesitant yeah. to, to say. Okay, but uh, let's assume we're going based off of what we've seen so far this season, right? Okay. So so then then who? Who in the East? I mean, no. I mean, it's Maxi, but it's not. Like, he's not better. Ma- I'm Ma- saying, like, that's yeah, he's probably not, next. Maxi's not better than Brunson. So Brunson's the second best point guard in the East. So the Knicks not only have the bodies to throw out a team like Joel, they have a star, a borderline superstar point guard in Jalen Brunson. They have Julius Randle, who, you know, let's assume that he can actually play in the playoffs. They have a two-way defensive anchor in OG and Anobi who can literally guard one through five. And they have a really good 3 and D guy. at Dante DiVincenzo is their fifth starter. And they have depth with Bogdanovich, Burks, McBride, 
whoever you want to throw in at center, and I'm sure there's a power forward out there. Uh, oh, and Hart. So tell me that they are not a legit threat. No, they are a legit threat, but I also I also think Cleveland is. I Cleveland needs a better wing than what they have. Look, if Max Struess is your small forward, I think you're in trouble. But you know, I, I think we've we've exhausted the point here. I, I I am ready to wrap things up. I don't know about you, bud. No, for sure. I uh, I think good podcast. So yeah, we appreciate everyone listening. Sorry we were off for a little bit. There was an All Star break. We obviously took our own little All Star break. Um, but we are back, and NBA basketball will return on Thursday. So we'll probably have one more podcast before then. But as always, we appreciate all our listeners. Continue to listen at Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere else that you listen to all your favorite podcasts. Please continue to read our work on the Sixer Sense now that the trade deadline's over. Hopefully, our stars will be back. There will be a lot of stuff going up about that and starting lineups, as we've discussed tonight. Um, and yeah, thank you as always. And until next time, go Sixers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.